This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Have you ever seen a monster truck with a mohawk? Here comes Great Clips, Mohawk Warrior. What's up, guys? Bryce Kinney here, driver of the Great Clips Mohawk Warrior Monster Jam truck. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show. I say this calls for action, and now... Live like warriors today on the Christian Car Guys show. Yes, today on the Christian Car Guys show, we are going to try to, <laughs> with God's help, live like warriors with Bryce Kenny. He is the amazing monster truck driver of Mohawk Warrior itself. And so, <clears throat> I don't know how you've thought about this much lately, but it's an amazing thing. How does a Christian, how does a Christian live like a warrior. As John Eldridge puts it, right, ours is a great love story that's set in the midst of a great battle. So welcome, Bryce. Oh, a good John Eldridge uh, quote. That just starts us off in the right way. I love that. (laughs) That's good. Thanks for having me on here. I love the show. Uh, I I, I told you I, I was actually on it maybe five or six years ago with when uh, Andy Bowersox was filling in for you. And uh, I've just always been a big fan, been a listener as well. So it's an honor to be here. So, man, like you are like this a monster truck. If you're not familiar <laughs> with that idea, okay, these are these trucks. They jump like cars. They do backflips. Mm-hmm. These things, they steer the front and rear tires. Yeah. They have like 1,500 horsepower. Yeah, right? about 1,500 horsepower. is powered by a 540 uh, cubic inch Merlin block. So it's essentially a big block Chevy. Uh, methanol powered and and uh, man it's amazing that that i get to say that that's my job <laughs> is driving a monster jam truck that weighs twelve thousand pounds 12 feet tall 12 feet wide doing backflips for a living it's pretty and, cool and it has a mohawk it really yeah, does it if you does. haven't seen it and it, it's it's sponsored by great clips which makes perfect sense it does yeah <clears throat> when you see this it's it's something to see so Again, we're, we're, we're wanting to go somewhere really meaningful with this mm-hmm. show because he's got a big event coming up. There's no doubt about that. We're going to talk a lot about that. Um, but that idea of live like warrior is, is something that we all get a chance to embrace mm-hmm. <clears throat> all sorts of different ways. Mm. So today's show, as you might guess, is brought to you by the Hebrew letter. And today's Hebrew letter is a vav, which the letter vav is really a really unbelievably cool letter in that it connects heaven to earth. A lot of people might call it Jacob's Ladder. But another thing Avav does, if you study Hebrew, is it can change something from present tense to past tense. Mm. And, and it's almost like a hook. It connects two ideas. 
But what a cool thing that it's a very eternal letter, which is extremely important when you realize that it's the third letter in the infallible name of God, which is the one that's normally translated Lord or Yahweh. It's a yud Hey vav Hey, And so I don't know if you've ever heard this, um, but there's an ancient teaching on the whole idea of these two Hays that are in God's infallible name, right? You hear it, yud Hey. Vav, hey. So, Robbie, why would you make this show sponsored by the Vav? Because I'm giving you the connection between the two mm-hmm. hey's, which the letter hey, if you were to describe it in English, you say it almost every time you see somebody like Grayson sitting right there. I could go, hey, hey, Gray. <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 it's a sort of universal expression. And so when you think about God is expressing himself through his word, that's what a hey is. I mean, God's going to express himself. Mm. And so you express your faith, whether you realize it or not, and you got faith in something. And whatever it is you got faith in, you're expressing that. Mm. And so the, the story of actually Leah and Rachel, if you if turn to Genesis 29, 16, it's an amazing little thing where it actually just describes that Laban has two daughters. Mm. And it says, and the older one was named Leah, and the younger one was named Leah. I mean, Rachel, excuse me. The older one was named Leah. The younger one was named Rachel. And that word that is translated the older one has two hays in it. Hmm. And it has long been taught that those two hays are very much connected to God's name and that the older daughter, Leah, was a very... You might remember she had weak eyes. And the reason that they teach that she had weak eyes was she was very sensitive to the sun. Her skin wouldn't allow her to go out in the sun. And she couldn't go out in the sun because of that. And because of that, she had to sit in the tent. What'd she do in the tent? She studied and she prayed. And she had a tremendous internal life of faith Mm. that she spent inside. Her sister, Rachel, right? She was, if you're making the comparison, the later hay... She had a very external faith. In other words, she was one who kept the sheep and those kind of things. And she ended up, you you might know, meeting Jacob first. And and Jacob fell in love with her. And she was a very spirited individual. And she had a very external life, right? And and, in that she did things on the outside. So when you compare this to, you know, all of us, you have a very internal life, faith life. You know, where you meet with God, where you pray, where you study the Bible, that's kind of between you and him inside. Nobody knows what's going on in there, mm-hmm. but you know what's going on in there. And, and then you have an external, you know, it's almost like the difference between faith and works. Like, what do you do with that faith? Are you a warrior? Are you applying yeah. what it is that you know to every situation that you come in and, and those kind of things that has to do with that second hey? And see, the vav marries the two. See, because from my standpoint, I'm sure it's yours too, Bryce, right? Yeah. That without your faith that that truck is going to do what it's supposed to do, right? You wouldn't be stepping on the gas. Yeah, yeah. And belief only is not enough, right? And <laughs> and to your point, I mean, I, I think that I think the one of the hardest things in the Western church is I think we, we when we hear the word faith, we think of belief only or we think of salvation only. But I don't see Scripture using faith as just belief only or just from a salvation to describe salvation. It's what you're saying. It's that outward expression of what you believe. And I think that there's not only 
just the power of God that operates in our lives through faith. Just like you're saying, it's belief in action, in action. Maybe that's a way to say it. It's not just belief and action. It's belief in action. And that's where I think the power of God can really be unleashed. Right, and so you got fifteen hundred horsepower. Yeah, that's underneath your foot of this, or maybe it is not underneath your foot. Do you have an accelerator pedal yep, on that? Yep, yep, just a gas pedal on the the throttle pedal on the right foot and brake on the left. And so I don't know if you thought about it, but your faith, according to Jesus, you can move mountains. So mm. it's a lot more than fifteen hundred horsepower that's under your foot, depending on what you believe, right? Yeah, and and, and so. I really don't have a sense of this, and I want to tell this story that explains it to, to, to me to some extent. So I have two siblings. You know, I myself am 67 years old. My brother, my little brother, was 64. My older sister is 71. Mm. And I started praying for them both as soon as I came to Christ about 1991. And I'm actually a very faithful in my prayer life. In other words, every single morning, like my mother, I, I would pray for my family. It would just That would be part of what I would do. And I really wanted my sister Cindy to come to Christ, and I really wanted my brother to come to Christ. And I really knew Jesus could do it. I really knew God could do it. I knew that it, it should be. But I got to be completely honest, man. I didn't really think it was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I had I had some level of faith, or I wouldn't be praying, right? Right. But just so you don't feel like you're, you know, what are you doing? You know, you must have had great faith. No, it wasn't like that. Okay, it just wasn't. But nonetheless, I prayed and I prayed. Well, actually, last spring, not long before Easter, because we we're actually working on our Passover celebration that we do, my sister called me freaked out, felt like she was being possessed and, and wanted some relief that she felt like in spending time with me, she could get some help. And I began to pray with her. And this went on over a period of two or three weeks to where I literally had a chance to pray with her to receive Christ over the phone. Mm. And then you've never seen such a transformation. I, I, I have to tell you, she began to just thirst for the word of God and read her Bible, and study, and her faith. I mean, she calls me all the time. We have had a pretty tumultuous relationship over the years. Oh, if what we have enjoyed for the last two years goes beyond, I just, mm. I just can't even believe it. I can't believe it. But I, I saw it with my own eyes, and, and it was like I had something to do with it, because yeah. I know I was praying, but it, <laughs> you know, then it happened. Well, later that fall, and you might know the story of my little brother and the bear, he brought his grandson to my boot camp. Mm. We do a John Eldridge boot camps with Masculine Journey every yeah. twice a year. And and that happened. And guess what? He too came to faith. Mm. And a result of Cindy's faith, her son has now got this pathway to God that yeah. uh, we haven't seen from him. And actually my brother's grandson came to the boot camp. He also got saved as run, running a ah. Bible study. Amen. So <laughs> like, man, even though you may not know you're living like a warrior, let me just tell you, we got your stories coming up when we come back. So much more. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Have you ever seen the monster truck with a mohawk? Here comes Great Clips, Mohawk Warrior.
Live like warriors today on the Christian Car Guys show, and we're so blessed to have Bryce Kenny with us, the actual driver of the monster truck Mohawk Warrior, but there's all sorts of reasons he's here with us today, one being that there's this amazing event that's going on in Cartersville, but also so you can call in and share your story today. I'm very anxious to hear when what is your story where you lived like a warrior and and how God just blew your mind with a little bit of faith that you had when you stepped on the gas pedal of that over 1,500 horsepower that you have when you speak things out of your faith. Like, what what does that look like for you? 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share. 866-348-7884. And Bryce, your story is, is, is along those ways. Like, a lot of people probably wonder, how do you end up getting a... A job like, man, you're a monster (laughs) truck driver. How did that happen? Yeah, how in the world do you get a career in this, right? I ask myself that every time I'm I'm in the truck and and, uh, in front of 50,000 people. Uh, but what's so cool is, you know, I, I believe it or not, I, I went to school. Actually, we didn't even attend Campbell University together. I hosted a kid named Morgan Kane, who, if anyone's a fan of the sport, he eventually would become one of the gravedigger drivers. He grew up with the Anderson family. I hosted him on his soccer recruiting trip. <laughs> I I ended up after Campbell, I ended up getting uh, my my top fuel drag racing license. And and that was my really big dream. Well, then when we got out of drag racing, um, I kind of went into corporate America, but Morgan found out about it. And he said, Hey, you need to talk to Monster Jam. And I thought, okay, you know, I've, I'd, I'd never even really, I've, I had never been to a monster truck event at that point. I never grew up with, uh, you know, the die cast trucks in my room or any of that. My whole world was drag racing. And so I, I eventually would talk to Monster Jam. They said, hey, the timing's not right, though. If it's ever right, we'll give you a call. Four years later, I was, I was knee-deep in my corporate career. I was, I was taking a whole different path because I, after I left drag racing, I looked at my grandfather, who is the pioneer of, of our drag racing, I guess, uh, legacy, we'll call it, as a family. And I said, look, don't keep this stuff for me. Like, if, if, if it's meant to be, then, and, and if I have to work for the next 40 years of my life and get back into drag racing down the, wor- down the road, and as a team owner, I'll do that, right? I knew at that point in my life, I knew I was called to motorsports. And so uh, I didn't know when I first talked to Monster Jam that it would even be right. I, I was afraid that you sometimes you, you, know, you can let a good thing keep you from the great thing. And, and I wasn't sure what the good or the great parts were, right? I didn't know if Monster Jam was just a good thing that could be a distraction from this corporate career that I was now committed to, to eventually go and, and rebuild this, uh, where I was now a team owner. And so I was, yeah. I was, when you listen to the two, just by the way, let's see monster jam corporate career. It's yeah. the corporate <laughs> career sounds better. Like what's monster jam. Yeah. I, but, but actually God had big plans. Yeah. Well, and, and so when monster jam finally called me back, they called me four years after that first conversation I had with them they said, hey, timing is better for us. Is it still good for you? And I thought, well, I don't know if it really is. They said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll send you up to Monster Jam University, <laughs> which is a real place, Robbie. <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of laughed. I said, okay, well, what does that look like? I, honestly, my first thought was, what's it going to cost? Because I had seven different jobs at one time funneling into my career in top fuel drag racing, trying to make that work. And I don't regret any of that work at all, right? I loved it. That was a, it was a labor of love. And so, but that was my first thought when they said, Hey, we want to bring you up to Monster Jam University. And uh, he said, uh, He said, No, no, no. We, you know, I mean, we'll take care of it. And, I, and I, my response was, So just a, like a flight in a hotel? 
because you know I was getting excited, thinking, man, this is that might cost me under a thousand bucks, and I can go up here and, and have this experience. And the guy kind of paused, and he said, "No, we can buy you a flight, and we have a hotel. Can you get off of work and come to Paxton, <laughs> Illinois?" I said, "Of course I can. Who would say no to that opportunity? If you got a call to to, to go up and essentially do an all expenses paid trip to learn how to drive." A, a monster jam truck. So I jumped all over it. And honestly, I did not think it would go anywhere. I, I just thought I would be in a Buffalo wild wings one day and, and monster trucks would be up on TV and I would get to nudge a buddy and say, dude, 10 years ago, I got to drive one of those things and just tell the story. <laughs> right. So I didn't think it would go anywhere. And here I am, I'm in my eighth season with monster jam seven years now being uh, full time. Uh, in Monster Jam, left my corporate career a year after all uh, after that story that I just told, and uh, man, it's been a wild ride. It it, it has, and, and and again, the faith, right, mm. to 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 take that trip. Yes, well, and and then I tell you, my biggest, the, the hardest, the hardest part, the biggest faith decision I made was actually leaving the corporate job. And so I was working downtown Greensboro. Uh, I was in executive recruiting. So I was placing CFOs and CEOs into private equity backed companies. And I loved it. And it was very, you know, it was very lucrative. And it was a, there was a pathway there to become a team owner and get back into drag racing eventually. And so to leave that behind, I really struggled. And I remember I was in my garage and I was looking around and I was on the phone with somebody. I wasn't even talking about this decision because I had the opportunity at that point when Great Clips came around, they, they wanted me to be the driver. They had chosen me. And I kept telling Monster Jam no. I told them no three times that I was not willing to, to make that jump. And they came back again and they said, look, they've chosen you. How can we make this work? And so I was on the phone with somebody walking around my shop and it was in that moment, I looked around and I looked at all of the different, uh, the, the memorabilia and the pictures that were all around my garage, my shop area. And every single one of those pieces of memorabilia was some memory, something to do in racing. I didn't have a single picture up of some CFO I placed, right? <laughs> and so I got off of that phone call and it was a reminder in that moment uh, that God has called me to the motorsports world to use the platform of motorsports to make an impact on this world and for his kingdom. And I got off of that phone call I was on and I called Monster Jam right away. I said, I'm in. And so I could believe that I wanted to, to be used for the kingdom of God through motorsports all I wanted. But at some point, that faith decision, it requires an action for us, some sort of action to be able to act on that belief. It's not about salvation. It's about being used by God, and God is requiring us to act on that belief, and that is what faith is, in my opinion. Yeah, and you got a new test coming up because you've got your first book, which takes a lot yes. of faith to Oof. go. That journey is completely different than <laughs> oh, oh man! And you're stepping on a new kind of gas pedal, and this one's called "Geared for Life," right? Yes. Making the shift to. Well, we're going to talk about that when we come back. But we need your story. Your stories are what make this show always for me. I haven't heard from anybody. I want to hear from you. Eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. Again, you have no idea how you could impact so many people with your story. Eight six six. 348-7884. So much more Christian Car Guy show, not to mention the event that we're going to explain coming up. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Have you ever seen the monster truck with a mohawk? Here comes Great Clips, Mohawk Warrior.
live like warriors today on the Christian Car Guys show. We're looking for your call on how does that play out? We've heard from Bryce. We heard a little bit from me. How did that play out in your life that you live like a warrior? 866 is the number to call in. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. And before we get into this event that's actually coming next Saturday to Triad Baptist Church, we'll get into that. But before we do that, I, I, I just want to highlight something you said that just flipped my switch. Like, a lot of people are out there trying to see, you know, what is, what is it that you want me to do, God? Mm. And, and the interesting thing is I, I really believe he embedded it in your heart mm. from the time you were born. There's something that, like, when you look around your heart, when you look around the pictures of your heart, you know, you may not have the pictures on your wall, but their pictures are in your heart, right? It, it, you know, what are those? You know, and in your case, they were motorsports. And yeah. in, in other cases, they may be great books. Maybe you're a writer or, or maybe you're a fisherman, man. It, that there's, yeah. let's just face a big deer head on your wall. Yeah. You know, like whatever that is. Okay. Like God put that in there. Yeah. And, yeah. and for good reason, because he knows what makes your heart come alive. And I love that quote. I bet you've heard it too. You know, don't ask what the world needs, you know, you know, find out what your heart makes your heart come alive and give the world what that, because mm. what the world needs is wholehearted people. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, and, and you talk about being purpose driven. You know, we talk about that all the time, right? How to find your purpose. And people are like, well, if I knew my purpose, I, I would, I would live it. And I'm a big believer. If you equip your passions, you'll find your purpose. You know, a lot of people don't, you know, they, they're waiting on their purpose just to show up in a handwriting on the wall it doesn't work that way. You know, if you go back and look at the, I, I call them breadcrumbs. I think our passions are breadcrumbs back to God. You know, and if we really do look at the passions that we have, what you're saying, Robbie, and if we equip those passions, if I'm passionate about motorsports, then I'm going to become, I'm going to equip myself. Maybe it's either, either on the business side or maybe it's on the mechanical side. I'm going to get the knowledge and the know-how to be better in that passion. And I, nine times out of 10, I see people find their purpose every single time when they equip their passion. Uh, and and I love, again, we were talking about your book, right? Yeah. I, and and this idea of geared, right? And and so mm. to just share a little bit about that first chapter, like man, that that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's what that's actually how this warrior rally that we're doing next Saturday started because uh, I, you know I, I wrote this book and and it's funny because I would have said two years ago, look, I'm not a writer. I'm not. A, I got on the on the call with my publisher. And I said, look, guys, I'm not a writer. I love to speak. I love to do public speaking. It's just something I feel God's pleasure when I'm on stage, not because I'm up there on stage, but because God, he always, he always delivers the message and I get a kick out of it, right? Whatever he's saying. And so, um, uh, you know, my publisher said, Hey, we, well, we got to think about a book launch event. And I thought, okay, well, what's that even look like? You know? And they said, well, you'd be on a Barnes and Noble somewhere and wait for people to walk in and get your books on. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I said, I've got a whole chapter in here about being built for other people. You know, and, and uh, that's a gear, that's a foundational belief for me. I said, so why don't we practice what we preach and actually do the biggest pediatric cancer fundraiser and benefit that the triad has ever seen? Well, that's really what the book is about. It's about being geared for life. And when I look at my life, it's all been guided by seven gears of mine. And those are my my personal foundational beliefs. And 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 to me, it's, it's just like if you think about the analogy of a, a, a truck going down the highway. It might be in fifth gear on the highway. Well, then he takes the exit and he comes up to a mountain path. You know, you're not going to stay in fifth gear. You're going to shift down into first. Well, life is the same way. Life doesn't have just some secret formula. And all of us wake up at some point in our lives and go, is this really it? 
Like, is this all there is to life? You know, here I'm 65 years old. I haven't done, I haven't lived near the life that I thought I, I would. Or maybe I'm 21 years old and I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be uh, majoring in in college. I've got no life direction. And we want all of the answers. Life isn't about the answers. It's about knowing what our gears are, our foundational beliefs, and knowing when and how to shift into each one at the right time. And so my, the very first chapter is about becoming purpose-driven. Right, and the the second chapter is about becoming built for others. I mean, when you think about these these foundational beliefs of ours, that's when you don't get stuck. If you know how to always stay in motion, and here's what I've learned: a lot of people they might be in first gear. Of course, some people feel like they're in neutral. Right, we're just gonna get you into first, but they think that I'm gonna shift from first to fifth. I'm gonna get all the right answers. I'm gonna figure this life thing out. I'm gonna be become an impact. I'm gonna live like a warrior today and and go from zero to 100 miles an hour in two two seconds. I'm gonna go from first gear to fifth gear. It doesn't happen that way. It's just sometimes you just have to find your next gear. And so I wrote this book because I finally realized, you know what? I'm not the guy. If you want to, if, if someone walked up to me and said, "How do I become an Olympic athlete, gold medalist?" I don't have a clue, right? But I can help somebody get unstuck. And I can say, you know, our, our goal with this is not to get all the answers and, and solve everything in your life. It's to just find the next gear. And every single time I've realized when I'm sitting down with somebody, that's not only what they can believe for, but again, what did we talked about earlier, the faith all of a sudden says, I can do that. Now all of a sudden the action comes back and supports their belief. So when they realize what they believe, they can take those foundational beliefs, those gears, take that into life and actually start living the life they've always wanted. Which leads to a great question for a monster truck driver. What gear, like if you're going to, you know, climb over a car, the yeah. biggest barrier <laughs> you can think of, what gear do you use? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it, quite literally. You're asking that literally, right? Because you're, you're a cerebral enough guy, Rob. That might have been like some, you know, <laughs> theological question. But no, we, we, we have a, a, a two-speed power glide transmission uh, attached to that 540 a big lock motor. And so we, we do most of the runs in second gear. The only time I'm in first is maybe some of the technical moves, but it's really in racing when we launch it off the starting line and we pretty much shift it straight to second pretty quickly. Wow. Because yeah. again, what I was thinking about, you know, in life, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're in a cliff, like mm -hmm. you've got to go climb that cliff. Like, yeah. I don't know, you know, the bill, you know, you know, uh, Oh man, my, my, whatever, my car broke down and now I got a $1,500 bill that I had no, ex, you know. Yeah. And, and so what a great time to shift down into first. That's right. To go, okay, God has provided for me. Like I didn't, in so many miraculous ways, yep. that, that that's really how I get the faith is is down there in first gear somewhere. Well, yeah. I, I love the analogy. Well, and even in racing, right, just to your point, I mean, if I if I try to do the whole race uh, pass in that truck with the gearing set up and everything in first gear, right, the, the first gear just gets the truck moving. Right. But if I don't shift a second, I'm going to blow the, the, the piston rods out of that thing. And so it's, it's about knowing, Hey, look, you're going to get everything you can out of first, but you know what? First has an expiration date right? <laughs> and you need to learn how to shift into second. And, uh, and then that's when you get into top speeds and, and, uh, people ask me all the time, uh, uh, about my Guinness world record run. And so one of the interesting things we, so we set the top speed, the Guinness world record for top speed in a monster truck. So we were the first monster truck in the world to hit hundred miles an hour. And what was so interesting was we could not build enough power because the gearing ratios and the weight to break this record, we could not hit a hundred. And so I find, I kind of went to our engine builder and I said, look, we're not building the boost. We're not building the stuff. We're looking at all the, the schematics and all the data on the computer. I said, let me, I said, I don't think we're using first gear enough. 
I said, I think I'm shifting it too early. Look at what, what's going on with the drive really? shaft speed and how it's affecting the blower. Who would have thought that? Yeah, because I, I wasn't building more than like 11 pounds of boost. I said, let me hold first gear longer. I said, I think the gearing and everything will be fine on the top end, but let's let's just try this. And so I held first longer, a little bit higher, and the RPMs were a little bit higher, and we we put that motor right on edge of blowing up. And then, but I could feel it. I could feel the motor starting to almost want to let go, and I popped it into second. And it was the motor was screaming, popped into second, and just went motoring down the the drag strip, trying to hit go through the speed trap to hit that hundred mile an hour mark. And sure enough. That's exactly what happened. We just clicked it over 100.3 miles an hour. We set that Guinness World Record, but it was about using those gears most effectively. That was the only reason to maximize that effort to be able to break a world record. But you're putting it all together because, you know, for those of us would-be race car drivers, you know, we used to have these uh, turbo Trans Ams. They did away with the 400 turbo, you know, like, I mean, 400 455 big block engines yep and all of a sudden we got these little block turbos which were like what the heck is this <laughs> you know it's a 301 whatever with a turbo on it right mm -hmm. but what we learned because we didn't know anything about turbos back then was right if you had held your foot on the brake there they made a trans am one year that had three lights it showed the boost and the little thing right under the hood right there and you'd see it go with the first light second light third light so if you had your foot on the brake until you got that third light of boost and then yeah. you took your foot off the oh. brake it would light up the back end i mean it would it, huh. it, 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 so essentially right you you were using the boost to the turbo yep. to get that extra speed in the, in the lower ranges to get you to 100 fat, you know, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, you know, I think a lot of us go through life feeling very burnout, right? And we feel like we're stuck and we just are, we don't know what, what direction to go. And what we realize is, man, maybe it's just been a long time since you shifted to the next gear. Uh, 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 well, I, man, I love that. You know, it, you've got to admit that that sounds like fun. Yeah. And, and again, the, the neat thing is if you live in this area, right, we've got... This event is coming to Triad Baptist Church next Saturday. Starts at 9 a.m. and they got Bryson's all over this thing. Uh, They're raising money for pediatric cancer, cancer families. Issues. Yeah, man, we're we're gonna go fill a bunch of needs, and that's what we've been doing for seven or eight years. We're gonna have a lot of fun next Saturday. So we got more about that, and we need your story. I can't believe nobody's called. Eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four eight six six three. They must all be Gravedigger fans. Right? Oh no, no. <laughs> You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Have you ever seen a monster truck with a mohawk? Here comes Great Clips, Mohawk Warrior. Live like warriors today on the Christian Car Guys show. And that, that song by Sean Householders on YouTube has over 50 million views. I find that fascinating. Mm. It's a very hardcore warrior song. Mm. Like, it is. And I love that his eyes are steel and his gaze is long. Mm. You know, and they show this guy looking, when you watch the video, you know, this guy's looking through a scope, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is about... You know, how truly, when, when you think about your loved one, is, is it's life and death for them. Mm. I mean, you know, we talked about my sister and my, my brother earlier, 
but we're talking about an eternity in hell, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so this is serious, serious, serious business, but it's interestingly a serious business in love. So, you know, it, it, it does take a long gaze and a steel eye yeah. on what it is that you feel like God, you know, you, you're the only brother they have. Mm. You know, you're the only sister they have. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the only father that they have. And so one place I know, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of different things you could say or whatever, but I know that it's God that's going to change their heart. It's not me. Amen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that prayer that, that you, that you say with your, with your gaze is long. I mean, it's, it's serious stuff and, and I don't want to um, miss out on that uh, as, as you think about how you can live like a warrior this week, but another way you can do that is obviously putting your feet to the event, right? That's coming yeah. up at Triad Baptist. It's it's coming up next Saturday, and so you guys have, oh my gosh, I saw that. It seems like there's a whole schedule. Like <laughs> there's a car show. They're expecting over three hundred cars. Yeah, we might have more. We might have more, like six or seven hundred. Um, it's a cars and coffee event that morning, so from nine to twelve, and we've got a ton of really great cars coming just to come and hang out and support the day. And so that's from nine to twelve o'clock, and um, and then we've got uh, live music all afternoon. So I separated them out because, hey, if we have a big old uh, crowd in that afternoon, you know, we'll clear out uh, the lower parking lot at Tri Baptist Church and you know free that up with some parking. And the Kernersville Police Department appreciated that effort as well. <laughs> so we tried to navigate a little bit of traffic uh, as well. But uh, uh, my monster truck's coming up. So that was an act of Congress to get it up here from Florida. A lot of people think it sits and lives in my backyard, but it does not. It sits at Feld Entertainment, which owns Monster Jam and uh, they're just outside of Tampa, and so to get that truck up here, it's I've never had it up here. I, I did a uh, excuse me, I did a kind of a private event with uh, Wesleyan Academy where I graduated, and that was five or six years ago, did I think. Really? But it's I've never done a public event where people can just come and hang out. But I, I got to say, yes, the the truck is there, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, but Dennis Anderson is coming. Dennis Anderson is the grave digger. He started it forty three years ago. Um, his two sons, Adam and Ryan Anderson, are are two of my best buddies in the sport. They're coming because they want to support the day and uh, be with everyone and just take pictures and sign a bunch of autographs. But everything is building to that night because we're having a night of fire revival. And uh, we've built everything saying, you know, we want to give people an experience and we want to we want to celebrate these warriors, these little pediatric cancer warriors that are going through a tough time and show people, hey, you can you can, you know, uh, affect more families than you realize. You can help us help more people, right? Get off the sidelines and join us with the Live Like Warriors. It's my warrior chain, which is essentially my, my volunteer army. And uh, we go and make coordinated efforts to fill very specific needs. You're not paying salaries out there. No printer ink is getting bought with donations. When someone donates 20 bucks to Live Like Warriors, that 20 bucks will go to a, a family that really needs it. So we're celebrating these warriors. We're going to inspire people to be warriors themselves and realize I can do more than I realize I can do. And then we're going to introduce them to the ultimate warrior in Jesus Christ that night at our revival. Um, and I've got my my favorite worship leader in, in the world, Braxton Creed, is going to be leading, and I'm going to get up and, and share a little bit. But our goal is just to not get in the way of what the Holy Spirit's going to do right there in the heart of the triad um, at, at uh, Triad Baptist Church in Kernersville. And, man, we're going to have a blast. But I'll, I'll say this, Robbie. I have learned more about events that doing this because <laughs> I, I've never put on an event before, and it has absolutely kicked my butt in the best way. You talk about stepping out in faith. It's been three months of of just saying, "God, you better pull this off," because you know it's 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 beyond me at this point. <laughs> so, how accessible 
are you going to be? Like somebody wants to meet you, talk to you. Yeah. You're going to be around in the oh, morning. Oh yeah, we're going to be around. So we're, I'm going to be. Of course, I'll be there. I feel like I've lived at Triad Baptist Church. You know, I told them, hey, if you guys see a white suburban driving around on your security cameras at 9 p.m. every night, it's me. Don't don't flag me. Um, and so, but uh, but for us to be able to just that day of interact with the public, oh, we're looking forward to that. We're actually doing a, a, a general autograph session with Dennis Anderson, which is huge. I mean, that he'll bring a thousand people out just because he's there. Um, and so, but, uh, Adam Anderson, Ryan Anderson, myself, David Ankin, who had the hit TV show toy makers for a while, the car build show, uh, he's coming out with a couple of his stuff and, and a couple of his cars, got some Bowman gray drivers coming out as well. So we're just going to have a blast just, uh, doing that for, but that's from two to 3 PM is the general autograph session, but we're going to be around and hanging out with everybody and I'll definitely be there all day. So I can't wait to meet everyone. Yeah, and, and, and just like you talked about, stepping out in faith, like you, you got the book is a big part of the why you wanted to do this too. So you're going to be actually, that's the autograph signing. You're hoping people have your book. Well, I'll have my book out there. I'll be honest, the book has become secondary. You know, it was it was an excuse to throw the biggest <laughs> pediatric cancer benefit that the triad has ever seen. So that's that's really what it is. I honestly, I looked at my wife about a week ago and I said, I haven't even thought about what are what are we going to do with the book? Am I are we selling the book? I don't know. Uh, it's on Amazon. People can pre-order it right so now. And it are ships some out of those kids going to be out there? Uh, no. So so a lot of the children are actually either in treatment or not local. Um, but we do have a couple individuals that are coming that uh, I'm really excited about because, it, it, you know, even when you walk up and we're dedicating all the different areas to these different kids, we've got, you know, Hank's RC Alley over here where we've got these low C LMT, you know, the, the biggest and baddest RC machines in the world. I mean, they're, they're coming, right. we're bringing those out there. People can try those out, but that's, you know, Hank's RC Alley, Ollie's showstoppers, you know, Ollie was the uh, little boy that, that we gave a, a ton of Legos to. And then you got, uh, Jazzy's Cafe, we're dedicating the food truck area to her and and all those banners that you'll see that's dedicated to these kids, they've got QR codes on them and that's going to let people go to their stories, right? It's not going to take them to the Bryce Kinney fan page. It's going to Jazzy's fan page. It's going to their Caring Bridge blog to learn and hear how they've gone through what they've gone through and and uh, just the, 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 the struggle that they've gone through uh, uh, I guess not even just gone through, but how they're inspiring other people. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those things where people are going to get to know these kids and their stories and they will leave inspired. Absolutely leave inspired. And, and inspired to pray because again, yep. I, I was cured from cancer. You don't know the mm. story. Um, probably, but I had uh, lymphoma, a very serious form of lymphoma. A lot of people thought would take my life mm. and a pastor, local pastor here at one of the Presbyterian churches, drove by the dealership where I was working and said, the Lord told him somebody was here that was supposed to be healed. Mm. And I, you know, come to the Lord about two years before that. So I honestly thought the guy was nuts because huh. here's this little guy says he's a pastor. He's going to put oil on my head and pray for me and all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> what's up with this dude? You know, like, I, so I didn't have the faith right then either to be healed. But nonetheless, I was covered in tumors. Yeah. Right. They were mm. all through my skin, but it was God through Pastor Little, right? That his prayer that day, and that Friday was when I was being prayed for. My chemotherapy was supposed to start on Monday, and it did start on Monday, but I didn't have a single tumor, not wow. one. And who did that? Mm. Prayer. Yep. God did it, but through prayer. And so by you coming to this event, right, you yeah. can get a better firsthand knowledge of who you're praying for, what you're praying for. That's right. Again, it's at Triad Baptist Church. 
The information's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com, as well as Jesus Labor Love, all our stuff. But thank you, Bryce. What a what an honor you, it's been to have oh, you today. Well, I'm just gonna have to come back on too because we got all kind of <laughs> healing stories that we can go through as well. That's awesome, man. But um, it's just an honor to be with your audience, and uh, hope ev- hope everyone comes out on the 16th. We're gonna uh, we're gonna make a lot of memories. We're gonna make a huge impact, and that's what it's all about. Oh, we're so grateful. Now remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went. Got it all done in 33 years. And thank you so much for listening today to the Christian Car Guy Show. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, chicken. Oh, okay. Uh, and a wolf? Oh, a wolf. Uh, uh, ooh! What about the tiny dog? Cat. Ow! Ooh, ooh, ooh. Dolphin? <coughs> what does the turkey say? Whale. Whale sound. To the giraffe. Giraffe, really? Uh, okay. Giraffe, uh, giraffe, giraffe, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad This is the Truth Network.